Welcome back. Welcome back to another Genius Days. This is also doubling as an episode for a Flow Aligned podcast. It's great to have everyone on here who's live with us. And if you're listening for the first time, this is just a group where we gather together. We are warrior monks. We are here to just share our own experiences and our own values. And today we're talking about the Stargate of Stoicism. Stoicism is one of the core philosophies of the AZD-IMC process. IMC Nation is integrated martial arts concepts and we are under that umbrella. However, we're also in our own groups. Uh, we got Life Masters over there with Ivan and we got a data line consultant over there, Ryan G. And of course myself, I am a flow state coach. So it's great of you to join us. And Ivan, do you want to give them a little bit of a disclaimer so they know what they're in for? Our body is the disclaimer. Don't do nothing stupid and then blame it on us. All right. That's rule number one. Rule number two is we're going to talk about some deep personal shit in here. Don't do nothing stupid with that information either. <laughs> um, we're here to teach. We're not here to, to change you. We're here for you to change yourself. We've got uh, tools and maps to discover yourself. Do not try to copy us in any way in fact you should take it and apply only that which works and don't apply that which doesn't work okay that is the disclaimer here okay because then sometimes people say shit like oh uh, he said to do this and da, 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 da. it didn't work yeah because it came from a different context came from a different person came from a different intention all right all right. Thank you. Awesome. Thank you, Rilla. So the way that I see stoicism is actually very connected to cognitive behavior therapy. Like that's how it made the link. So cognitive behavior therapy is the idea that your thoughts affect your emotions, which affect your behaviors, which again, your behaviors affect your thoughts again. So we get into this loop at times where we're in a pattern. And what stoicism does is it helps you distance yourself from those emotions, thoughts, and actions to be able to handle life better. And a lot of people think that stoicism is just being unemotional. However, I would say it is emotional regulation. It is knowing what to do with emotions. It's not being attached to the emotions and letting it drown you, but instead of floating above them. You know, uh, Zeno of Sintium, he was uh, one of the first Stoics. He said, happiness is a good flow of life and a good flow of life of what he means by this is it's in accordance to certain virtues uh, and also in accordance to nature and reason so the four virtues are courage moderation or temperance or self-control some people call it that justice and wisdom okay i want to kick us off with a quote by seneca it's a gem cannot be polished without friction, nor a man perfected without trials. And another uh, concept that came up for me is you are the sculptor and the sculpture 
where can we take it from here, guys? Well, we could take it very easily towards what philosophers like Stoa said on the old Greek saying of, he is lucky who has the most struggles to overcome or admirable is he who goes through the most struggles. And it's one of those old teachings that has been lost to, you know, the sense of time where no longer do we admire those who do the hard work, but you just want to have, you know, the outcome that comes with it. Where we simply see the easy life, but we don't understand what had to go before that. And thus we have, you know, books like the obstacle is the way, the obstacle becomes the way, the obstacle has to become the way. Whatever adversity you have, be it in your own inner world and outside, be it your thesis in my case, or building a business in whomsoever case, or getting more client for your program, or whatever physicality you have to overcome. Ultimately, the freedom you seek is behind whatever obstacle is placed by life, by whatever person, by your parents, you have to overcome it should you choose to be more free. And thus Stoa more specifically goes into the story of a demigod that has to help humanity prosper. And he has to carry that burden throughout his own life. And when he starts to complain, very soon he learns that there's a leisure in the struggle. It's fun to overcome obstacles. So what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I think there's definitely something in that creative tension of struggle, right? I think there's definitely potential there. However, we must also consider the fact that the end result is worthwhile that it's virtuous, that it's not some kind of goal that, you know, gets you halfway or doesn't really motivate you or doesn't give you that, that life force energy, right? So I think it's important to understand these different virtues through our own ways, right? Like, how do you understand self-control? How do you understand uh, the idea of wisdom, right? How do you interpret courage? And using these in your own way can create almost like a link, like a USB cable to the stoic concept, right? And then from that, you can pull in a lot of different datums from the different philosophers who've stated different things. Like, um, for instance, one of the concepts in stoicism is it's not about the events that disturb people, it's their judgment about those things, right? It's like, it's the interpretation. And these are like concepts that we know, like in culture a lot, uh, but they stem from stoicism. So that's the source, right? That's the real meat and potatoes of this thing. So, you know, externals I can't control, the, the, but the choices I make uh, with regard to what I do control, right? I think that was Marcus Aurelius, not too sure. Um, yeah, so the, the stoic is revealed in difficult times. I agree with you there, Ryan, like for sure that is what shows you your character, right? If you can handle the stress, if you can handle the adversity, the backbiting, the people going against you, all that stuff, if you can handle the humiliation, then 
you have reached a level of stoicism. I would say it's like a level in a video game, right? You've reached stoic level now, right? Where it's like you have this almost zen-like nature, right? But it's it's peaceful. It's it's called ataraxia. That's what the Stoics call it. It's basically a peace of mind. And yeah, I, I like the idea of, you know, going towards purpose rather than pleasure. Because in this day and age, everybody's running towards pleasure. And I mean, a lot of people are running towards that instant hit of dopamine from scrolling social media, you know, doing things really instant and wanting that buzz. However, if we can make something more long-term, be it in terms of building a business, right? Uh, building a long-term relationship, uh, building uh, something in your life that is a lot more on maintenance mode, right? It's like this plateau. I see Ivan changing backgrounds over there. <laughs> That's lit, man. I like that. So essentially, you know, Maslow, I'm reading this book right now. It's called Transcend uh, by Dr. Uh, Scott Kaufman, I believe his name is. And he, he talked about how Maslow's triangle has transcendence as the top most thing above self-actualization. And in the later parts of his life, you know, he got a, I think he uh, died of a, like a heart attack. Uh, but before that, he gave a lot of speeches in like um, Esalen Institute, um, churches, things like that. And he believed in this idea that self-actualization is there to erase itself. It's a stepping stone on the way for our path to contribute and be transcendent beings to, you know, give back to humanity in some way. So he also talked about this idea of death. And this is what brought this up for me, memento mori, right? Which is a stoic concept of your days are numbered, you know? And it's a paradox because when you know your days are numbered, it actually gives you more life, right? It makes you like, oh man, like, you know, I'm going to die one day or I'm going to die soon. I could die tomorrow, right? And so it puts you into this like automatic risk trigger flow state kind of feeling of like, man, I've got to make use of this time. I can't waste my days doing nothing, right? So I think there's powerful concepts there. Maybe we can break some of those down, but what do you guys think? Yeah. So... What I'm about to say is really going to go against the narrative that most of the people follow. And, and this is the narrative of the narrative that I'm choosing to go into is the narrative of problems. Instead of avoiding problems, it's not what we should do. We should actually seek out problems, right? Because you only get a problem when you're moving towards your goal. You don't, you don't get, you don't, you don't, otherwise, let's just say you're on a hike, you're on a trail. Your goal is to get to the top of the mountain. On the way, you first encounter a snake, right? And you've got to do what you got to do to get out of the way. You're gonna have to climb some stuff. Some oh, some stuff might be too difficult for you to just walk over it. You're gonna have to climb it. And you're gonna continue walking and walking. And then, oh fuck, the trail, the, a tree fell on the trail. Okay, now we have to go around it. Let me just carefully walk through these trees. 
and then you're walking, you're walking, you slip, the gravel, you slip and you hit your knee. Oh, fuck. It is what it is. You get up, keep walking, keep walking up the mountain. All right. And in that very same way, you only encounter problems as you're moving towards your goal. Right. This is what I'm saying. We have to seek out problems because that is the only way to actually make sure that we don't have problems. Right. And, and if we don't have problems, our mind is going to search for a problem. Right. So we, we might as well choose the problems that we want quality level ones. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's more I can say, but, uh, I will, I'll, I'll let the, the conversation continue to, 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 to boil up. Awesome, man. So there's this quote by Marcus Aurelius, I believe, where he asks, if you have trouble getting out of bed in the mornings, ask yourself, what was I created for? What was I created for? Was I created to hibernate and just be like a little warm, fuzzy kitten, like just in bed all the time? Or was I created to change something? Was I created to, to cause a spark in humanity? You know, like, I think that question is a really great question that gets these stoic, uh, stoics, you could say, uh, modern day stoics to wake up earlier, uh, take a cold shower and do the difficult things in life that a lot of people aren't doing, right? Uh, welcome, RJC. So essentially, what I wanted to state is the fact that Stoics kind of boil it down to our basics, and it makes us appreciate the fact that we have a good life. Like sleeping on the floor, for instance. When I first started that, man, I was like, man, I don't know, this hurts my back. I don't know if I want to do this, right? All this kind of resistance against it. I just felt that, man. And after going through that process and really doing that day after day after day after day, this repetition, you start to get accustomed to it. You start to get desensitized. And I think we are too sensitized in society, right? So when we can desensitize ourselves and we can become stronger characters, we can actually lead much more enjoyable lives. You know, it's really interesting, this idea of feeling. And that's what it, this, this uh, stoicism comes down to, is, uh, is feelings. Whether it be the lack of, or the control of, or the, 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 I guess the problem that most people have is when they first interpret stoicism, is that it's like, like we said earlier, I was like, I want to put on my stoic face now, right? And I was like, you know, and it's like that, that's, that's how people t typically think of stoicism. But the reality is, you can be very expressive and still be very stoic. You could be expressing a lot of joy and still be very stoic. And the example that's coming to mind is like, is like you're chilling, you're with your, you're with your friends, right? And you guys are laughing, da 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 da, right? And then somebody says something. Uh, a little inappropriate, right? And you and you still in your your positive state, your high energetic state, you handle it in a way that that is just is is in a way it sort of throws people off, 
but you, you, you handle things the right way. Watch, this is interesting. When you handle things the right way, it actually tends to throw people off because they they typically expect people to to respond like oh, no, go, go, go. you know they don't they they don't usually see people be unreactive and and uh, and handle a situation in such a in such a, I don't want to say positive manner but when you handle a situation like where everybody benefits almost where every single person benefits right. And typically people are trying to handle situations where, where only one person benefits. It's I win, you lose, right? And so when, whenever we're able to be contained, see, and the, the reason I'm able to do this in my own communication is because like, let's just say someone talks shit about me. I know that they're so fucking hurt. That that person inside is so fucking hurt. And so, and, and so, I've stopped. I know I have been. I have been that person to be like, that, that person, that fucking shit. They, they don't even know. They, they're not even doing this in their fucking life. Da, da, da. And they dare talk to like that to me. All right. So now I'm a little bit more like, I don't know. I feel like a, like a shepherd, you know, or like a father to the, to, to the people. And um, you don't need to be a dad to be a father. You also you can also be a man and be a mother, which is to nurture, right? And then to be a father is to be that that strong, firm energy, right? So when someone steps out of line, does something wrong, is is sort of handling it like a really really good father, not the father that's gonna smack you, right? But the father that's gonna make you see that you're out of your own ethics. The father that's going to make you see that you know that you're doing something wrong, right? And make you acknowledge it, right? And if you acknowledge it for yourself, I don't have to acknowledge it. Other people here don't have to acknowledge it, right? In fact, we already know it, right? But then we, if, if you get pissed you get trapped in their energy. You go into the energy. You go into their world, right? So it, it, it's like uh, when someone asks you a question, right? And you see a lot of like big time, like, uh, like you know, people like Brad Pitt, Leonardo DiCaprio type energy people. Um, even uh, what's this guy's name? Johnny Depp, that fucking uh, child molestation predator <laughs> but you know besides that fact he's he's a pretty good communicator and uh they'll ask him they'll ask him like a question like a simple question and he'll be like um well you know it's i think it's uh every man's dream oh in the place that i'm in now and you know you take your time with it you're not forcing things Right, you that, that that's that's the complete opposite of stoic. You know, when you when I think stoic, I thought I almost think seducer. Right, because when a stoic is unreactive, it becomes very seductive. Whenever they're 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 leading in their own way, right? They're speak so so it's like if other people are speaking fast, I'm speaking slow, right? If other people are speaking slow, I'm speaking a little bit faster, a little bit more energetic, right? 
and you could still be stoic. It doesn't, you don't necessarily need to be in a specific kind of rhythm, but you do need to be in a rhythm that is in your own lane and you acknowledge it as your own lane and you're not trying to, you, you can take things from other people, right? But at the same time, you're also not tr forcibly trying to be different, right? It's just coming from your nature, from your state of being right now. Of course, if you're not there yet, it's going to be coming from a state of doing, oh, I need to do this. I need to do that. But that's what we call trying, right? When you, you're using extra energy to try to come up with the, the outcome, right? How you guys feeling about that? Ryan, you want to take it? Sure. So what's coming up for me, what really hit me was the idea of a solid father that would have to implement the stoic virtues because, you know, purpose before pleasure. If I am to raise a family, how would I raise it? Very similar to how I would run a company. It is not that I fear the events that can happen, my kids get in a fight, my company makes a loss. It is my response to it and the consequences of my response that I fear. It makes a very good point on the communication side. It is that I decide to be proactive in my communication towards solving the issue without having the panic and it's in that self-control, that temperance, that I gain more. I'm still afraid. I'm still mostly petrified. But I do realize that I have no other choice. If I am to solve, let's say, this financial issue, I need to have the quote-unquote balls and that solid frame of mind to go through with it. And in that sense, if something bad happens, not only do you deal with it, but you deal with it in the most pragmatic way without having to damage your inner world. Meaning I'm not gonna panic if something happens. But what I am going to do is catch the trigger and then proactively save myself from whatever bullshit that comes up and then handle what's in front of me. Of course, it's context dependent. If something happens fast, then I will have to react fast. You know, in a fight, let's say. Sumit, your thoughts. Yeah, so it's really interesting because stoicism is not really about this idea of repressing your emotions. It's just to be able to connect the emotions together and be that container, right? Just hold space for it until it fizzles away, basically, and not let it control you, right? Not letting the emotions take you by the hand and drag you along. You're saying, okay, emotions, calm down now. Let's, let's kind of control this state, this internal environment. And that control of the internal environment starts to affect the external environment. And I think the way to practice stoicism is through these virtues. And the way you practice these virtues is the opposite of these virtues. 
right? So uh, how would you get better at wisdom? You would handle ignorance, right? How would you get better at self-control? You, you deal with situations where you're out of control. Or how do you deal with courage? You deal with fear. How do you deal with justice? Well, you face injustice and you learn about the injustice and, and you make it one of your strong coordinates, right? So I think that definitely being able to notice like what are the opposites of these virtues and how can I fine tune this? How can I strengthen the stoic skill set in terms of this? What's coming up for you guys? Emotions is coming up for me. <laughs> so because I mean we are talking about stoicism. So we do have to talk about emotions here. And emotions we have to go like i'm gonna take this back into the body right where you know we're gonna take we're gonna work on the chakras now all right this is the second chakra right and the second chakra typically people usually think about it as your sexuality right um but see the the sexual aspect of it is only a chunk it's a big chunk but you know it's only a chunk of the sacral chakra and really it just comes down to feeling right to sensation to desire right this is the true essence of the sacral chakra and now we live in a world right where where i mean it, it you could tie it all together and say desire is part of sexuality feeling and sensation is a part of sexuality right and you could be correct in, in, in some aspect, right? Now, the, the fucked up part is, is the fucked up part, is that we live in a world where all of this is at the same time, it's magnified and it's also restricted, right? Because we see, we see, we see it everywhere. We see the things that we're not supposed to like everywhere, right? And so we're tied up in a paradox of, of wanting it and not wanting it, right? Which then you, you start to get, you caught up, you, people get caught up in, in so much guilt. And guilt is just the aspect of one thought is telling you have it and the other thought is telling you don't have it, right? Now, if we apply this into stoicism, We'll understand that it's not necessarily about having control of your emotions, right? But it's more about allowing them to come through so that you really know where you are at, right? Where, where are you at? You, and then you can properly deal with it, right? Because if, if you don't deal, if you don't know where you're at, well, how the fuck are you going to grow? You have to know how you feel about the situation. You have to know how things make you feel. And, and when you think about it, oh, trigger. That's where I need to work. That's where I fucking need to work. And, and the way you could be, you could have like, a, like an emotional outburst situation. But then you have to come back and say, hey, I was out of character. Right. And, uh, you know, whenever I've, I've done this with my own family, I've 
come back eventually and said, hey, I was out of character when this happened. Please forgive me for, for the things that I said and done because they were not the most authentic version of me, right? Because I do get caught up in my emotions. I, am, I, I can be a very emotional person, right? But I'm learning to deal with it in a way that, that brings more joy, right? So it's almost like, it's almost like if someone makes a joke making fun of me, I'll, I'll play with the situation instead. Where, whereas I, I, I know I'm weird. I know I, I'm weird to the, to the rest of the world because you know I sleep on the floor, I take cold showers, I meditate. I read this, this type of shit is weird to the world. It's, it's fucked up, right? It's weird. It's weird that that's weird, but that's where we're at. Okay. I can't argue with it. Um, <laughs> it's just fucking... <laughs> and so, and so, and so if, uh, let's say I mentioned something I said to my little cousin, Hey, uh, she's like, I don't have a bed to sleep in. You know, she's like a little, little girl. And I was like, Oh, you can sleep on the floor with me. You know, we, 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 we're going to be monks. And she's like, Oh no, you do that because you're weird, right? And then so all the adults, all the adults are like, Ooh, right? Because they secretly think it's weird that I sleep on the floor, right? And so she brought it out. She brought it out. She she said the truth that everybody was thinking, you know. And so I play with it instead of being like, oh no, I'm not weird, like trying to like handle the situation all logical and bring up all these facts as to why it's not weird and they're the weird ones you know instead i'm just like i'm just like i was like it's like i was like thank you that is that is the highest that is the highest uh, compliment i have ever received in my entire life i feel honored and privileged to be named the weird one by you you know and it's just like it's unreactive right? It's, it's a response. It's playful, right? And in a way, what the fuck? My girl left. You leaving? Yeah. Okay. And um, yeah, so, so it's unreactive. It's a response. And um, it's playful, right? It, it, it doesn't hurt anybody. Right. In fact, it built the moment. It, we stayed in a moment of, of, of positivity. Whereas if I would have been all, all angry about it, I would have affected the mood and the whole environment everywhere. Right. So keeping the peace in a way where it just, people don't get hurt. You know, that's, that's, that's the stoicism as well. Totally, man. And, and I'm reminded because, you know, moderation, well, we, we call people moderators. Right. It's like someone who's moderating a situation is like you're overlooking it. Right. You're making sure that everything is kind of flowing smoothly. And so I think I like the example of that. And I think that it's definitely important to reinvent the stoic as a playful man. You know, because culture does not depict the stoic as very playful. And I think that that is an element that needs to be brought out again, maybe stoicism 2.0 would be, right, the guy who can tap into his sense of humor and the goodness of his virtues at the same time, understand that he's not trying to control the external world, 
he has an internal locus of control, right? So that is also one of the factors of the autotelic personality, right? Uh, if you have a flow state personality, you're autotelic, meaning you do things just for the sake of doing them, right? Not for an end result or uh, some kind of uh, goal at the end or trophy or certification or something like that. You just do it because it's fun to do it for the sake of doing it. And I think that if you can align with that understanding that stoicism is such a principle that it's not like you, could, you have to get attached to it, but it is a creation process. It's a creative process, right? And that's the way that I see it is like logos using logic, right? Ethos, uh, your, your sense of ethics, which is also connected to your character. Right, pathos, which is your emotion, right? It's so that's the um, the constructs of a good argument, is what they say in in the Greek philosophy, essentially, right? So when we're arguing, we're not really considering the fact that are we using logic? Is the is it emotional? And you know, is, is this match my ethics and and my character? You know, we're not really thinking that. We're kind of just like, man, I'm trying to defend myself. I got to preserve my ego. I got to do this. Uh, it's, it's in defense. Rather, it's not in allowance, right? It, it, you're not allowing the argument to do what it needs to do. You're trying to control the external environment. But the best way you can handle an argument is by having that internal locus of control. So that, that was my uh, kind of perspective in terms of that. Yeah, I just want to say uh, one thing before I have to get out uh, because the, the, you know, the ceremony, the way it was at the time. Um, and then I'm going to talk about arguing for a second. Just don't argue. <laughs> just don't. Actually, just, just don't. That's the only way to win, right? Because when you argue, in a way, in a slight way, you're saying what you're saying might be true, right? And instead, just don't even give it any energy like that, right? I'll let people talk. And instead, I'll, I'll, I'll be like, I'll be like, how did you get to that? How did you get to that? Right before I even say anything, like let's just say someone, uh, uh, a guy that was here at Genius Days, he was like uh, saying that we limit ourselves too much, right? I was like, okay, <laughs> but uh, he messaged me later, and I don't know why, but for some reason he brought it up again, and um, and I was like, how are you measuring that, right? So I, I just I just ask a question, how are you measuring that? And, uh, you know, depending how he would have asked that, I would have come along and been like, oh, in what way do you think you're out creating us? Right? So I'm just posing these questions that are meant to reveal what the person is genuinely thinking about. Right? If, and I've said this before, and other people have said this before. If you control the questions, you control the narrative. You control where things are going. Right? And... If we have control, we have order, right? And if we have order, we have 
we have uh, we have boundaries, right? And, and within these boundaries, we can grow, right? And so this cup is a very good boundary. Let me see. There you go. This cup is a very good boundary because without it, I would not be able to hold the liquid that I need. And that is the importance of these boundaries, right? And so when we begin to argue, the boundary becomes, it's sort of getting, it's like not really there. We don't really know where it's at, right? All right, that's what I gotta say. Thank you, everybody. Thanks for, thanks for coming. I gotta have to head out. This is my brother, Stingy. So uh, peace and love, you know where to find me. Oh, it's brother. Take it easy. All right. All right, Ryan. Um, What's up? What so do you think about that, that concept of, you know, understanding that using the opposite of the principle, like, you know, it's strengthening the principle. What do you think about that idea? Well, it's the whole idea of it makes sense because you need the opposite to train the opposite. If you have a bit of an HDHC kit, you'll have to learn to be patient. So then comes the wisdom of practicing patience. If you know you love chocolate, but you're on a quote unquote diet so that you can give blood, then of course you're going to have to practice temperance. And thus, it leads us to the obstacle, gives you a chance to practice whatever discipline or principle you want to practice. Be it gratitude, be it you know the, the principle of purpose before pleasure, be it patience when you're under cold, ice cold water. And to that extent, we then have the principle of, I am loose with the world but I'm strict with myself because it's my life and I'm directing it. If you would have an orchestra and I am what would be called a dirigent in Dutch. I'm not sure what is it called, what is called in English. Conductor, you mean? Conductor, exactly. It is in my power to decide where the music goes, even though everybody has their sheets. If we decide to play Moonlight Sinatra, let's say, I think that's what it's called. I can give a tone. I can give the audience an experience. Me, as myself and the viewer of my own life can give my life a taste of the experience that is happening to us. And it's an in the conductor's response to the music where I say, this is not the way I want to play it, but let's play it in this way. And thus you have the idea of, I measure twice and I cut once. I register what happens, I catch the trigger and I decide, will I soften a blow or be extremely assertive toward reaching my goals? And it's in that knowledge that I believe that we can measure stoicism because stoicism at the end of the day is nothing more than a mental tool that we use to cope 
and outcreate the obstacles that life provides us with. And thus you have a quote of Michael Singer, use life to create life. You use your own life to recreate what you already have. For instance, if something bad happens, like a, I miss the bus, normally I would be extremely pissed off because I identify someone who always catches the bus, who is always on time. And then I remember the feeling of extreme anger and rage and spite. Well, now I realize that's unbecoming of a man. I am perfectly responsible for my own actions, just my own responses, just my own emotions. And the trigger that just happens to be there is in my body. And of course, inner world reacting to the situation at hand. But it's still within my control to catch it. It's still within my control to handle the consequences of missing the bus. Your thoughts to me. Yeah, man, I'm kind of starting to understand how stoicism is almost an anti-victim mentality, right? Did you see that? Like, because I'm really starting to understand it as this, this construct of abundance, right? Because of the Amor Fati mentality of like, I love my fate, whatever life gives me, I'm able to use it, I'm able to uh, handle it, I'm able to uh, have it be the pathway right? So I want to give the audience here some practical, you know, tips how they can actually practice stoicism throughout their day. One easy way is through a difficult activity, right? So the cold shower is a great way that you can practice courage, right? Because you're going to feel this moment of fear when the cold water hits you right before you're going to feel this sense of, I don't want to, th that resistance, right? Um, secondly, how do you practice justice? You stand up for yourself. You stand up for your friends. You stand up for the people that you care about, right? If someone's writing a mean comment and disrespecting you online, you, you learn to handle that or you respond to them in a message and you, you create a clean communication line with them and you speak it out because they're bad mouthing. You might mean that, you know, that's also very you know, negative about their, about your business. Right. So you learn to handle that. And how do you practice moderation or self-control? Let's say that you're going to the fridge. You can write on the fridge. You're not hungry. You're just bored. Right. You <laughs> A little post-it note or something like that. Right. So we can always think of different ways to practice these. And last one, a wisdom. Um, when you read stuff online or when you, you know, go on Wikipedia or when you read a random book, learn to apply it. Right. Share it in a video. Uh, teach your friends and and colleagues about it. So yeah, wisdom is knowledge in action, right? So learning how to use these different virtues and how to actually use them in your daily life is going to really empower you to create that resilient mindset. And I guess stoicism could be synonymous with resilience as well. What do you think, Ryan? Agreed. This follows, um, what's his name again, Epictetus. One of, one of the first things that happened to him when he was 
but a young slave, literally, because he was a stoic slave and then became a stoic master. Where on the day of becoming free of his master, because he worked towards it, his master decided to break his leg. Now, I don't know if you know, but even in modern day, having a crippled leg is a bit fucked up. And realizing in that moment he is still a slave, but has still control over, on, over his own emotions, his response, and all that good shit. He started to realize that he can only hurt my body. He can't hurt me. He's just a powerful man being petty. I don't have to stoop down to his level just because he's losing a good slave. His response is not my responsibility. My response is my responsibility. And that you have the legendary quote of, you may fetter my leg, but you cannot break me. Does you have that anti-victimhood? Yes, it's, a, it's, it's, it's an, an extreme crime that's being taken place. You have hurt me but you've made me more resilient. And then you have a very almost psychotic reprogramming that's happening where look back at this Ledger's Joker where the Batman is beating the living snots out of the Joker. Now, yes, the Joker is a quote unquote bad guy, but looking at the story narrative, you start to realize that Batman cannot do anything to him. The normal villain, bad guy, stooge or whatever would cry, cripple, cower in the presence of, you know, the Batman brand of violence. But the Joker doesn't care because the Joker already knows it's all part of the play. And then in the same lines, although he is the villain, he starts to laugh because he literally tells the Batman, I'm laughing because you're doing so much effort knowing that you cannot do anything anymore. It's out of our hands. And then you start to realize that the Batman is starting to realize that he can beat up the Joker but he can't do anything else but that. So he knocks the Joker out and of course things happen. People die and the hospital explodes, this and that. And the Joker is still detained. And then you start to wonder, what if you could do that in your own life, being a student, be it as a business owner, be it as a spouse of a very naggy husband or wife? And this is funny because Socrates says the same. Happy wife, happy life. But if you have a naggy wife, you'll become a fantastic stoic or philosopher. And that's kind of the joke of life because life is chaos. You, If you have a goal and you go towards it with whatever power that you have within, you will be challenged no matter what. And you need to keep yourself 
in check at all times. Hence, you know, be loose with the world because you can't do anything with it anyway. But be strict with yourself because that's the only way that you'll be able to pragmatically get to where you want. Your thoughts, Sumit. Yeah, man, that's that's a great example that you brought up with the Joker because, yeah, he's such a character that has spiritual power, right? It's like he is so connected to the eternal that whatever violence that he gets upon him or, you know, words that he gets thrown at him, it just, you know, it does nothing. And I think uh, I want to quote the, the great philosopher who said, sticks and stones, <laughs> may break my bones but words will never hurt me but what if we could actually live like that you know what i mean what if we could actually live by that principle that words cannot actually hurt me they're just words it's the interpretation of those words that is making me feel bad right and i think it's an amazing idea to build stoicism into your character in some way and the way you do that, um, the process that AZD taught in uh, a recent video that I watched, which was to ask yourself the question of if you had an actor and actress play you in a movie, what characteristics would they need to have for them to nail it? To just kill that performance, you know, crush it. So I asked my cousin this question, right? And she said, my sarcasm, you know, and I was like, oh, that's so interesting. And let me fine tune that. Let me go into that more, you know, let me learn more about that. Why sarcasm, you know, and, and it's just this interesting thing that people want to be seen in a very specific way, right? And how you want to be seen that's saying something about the construct, your ideas, your fantasies, you know, all of it, right? It, it's telling you so much it reveals so much because at the end of the day, it's self-knowledge. And I think so stoicism is a mental toolkit for self-knowledge and for preservation of your character. So let's say somebody is attacking your reputation. How do you come out of that? You use stoicism, right? There's no other way out, <laughs> I think, uh, rather than just having a mindset that is truly adamantium. And it's not easy, especially when we live in a cancel culture, right? It's definitely not easy. However, I think when somebody stops or stops creating, that's when the power of stoicism runs out. It's like the battery has no juice. But when they can keep creating, then stoicism has this potential to become like a snowball that affects every single area of your life. So we can take any questions or Ryan, if you want to bring up anything from what I've said. Hmm. Ultimately, stoicism is not, nothing more than a mental tool to help you along the way and just use it as such and now just seeing how we have five minutes left let's open up the floor for questions ryan you're an imc brother so we'll start with you why not hope you enjoyed this quick seminar 
what are your thoughts? Do you have any questions or any experiences? Use your stories you know, some, that you would like to share. Assuming you're on. Dun, 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 dun. Ah, what's up, Ryan? Hey, what's up, guys? How are you doing? It's going fine. Um, honestly, I just kind of got in a little bit late, but, mm -hmm. you know, kind of just hearing what your conversations are, you know, what you're saying and everything, the point that Smeed made about, uh, or the example, I guess, with the Joker, that was pretty powerful, good visualization. And as far as you guys are saying, like the obstacle is the way and stuff of that nature, you know, about being, being stoic, because my initial interpretation was kind of the same, you know, it's very, you know, firm, you know, stuff of that nature, like you're not really feeling too much on the surface. But as I've been going through this process, you know, alongside you guys, I've been realizing it's really all about feeling. It's, it's not the lack of feeling. It's the complete opposite. It's about feeling everything and just dealing with it. Um, so, you know, honestly, you know, I don't really have too much to add. I'm just kind of giving you guys my perspective and what I, what I kind of soaked up from you two. Um, it's just interesting because, you know, that's kind of where I'm at on my path. Just, you know, from the outside looking in, you think it's one thing, but then once you get inside and you look around, it's totally different. So, um, I'm just appreciating the conversations and just, you know, internalizing it and applying it to my journey currently right now. So really not much to add, just, you know, soaking it up. Awesome. Awesome. Appreciate it. Uh, Coley, if you can talk, assuming you're not at work. Five. No questions from Coley? I'm here. I'm I'm studenting with you guys. I'm listening and learning. I'm liking your labels. I I love stoicism. <laughs> awesome. 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 It would have helped me like several years ago to yeah. know better Amen like, to that when sister. I came out online. <laughs> like I certainly had to deal with the haters in a new way. Um, but you know, not arguing, being just hanging out it's a good way to be thank thank you guys for doing this today i didn't really know much about stoicism i would definitely recommend if you want to know more about stoicism get this book art of living by uh, secondly by epictesis by it's written by sharon labelle uh you have like a daily quick uh stories or messages one of my favorites definitely ah just happened to be emulate border role models so anytime you face difficulties ask yourself who do i have to become to overcome it and usually the answer lies very close to home like the movies or uncles or aunts already have overcome it and that's how you can use stoicism because it's all a lot of great knowledge is already in this small book. So I would heavily recommend this book. It's one of my daily readings. And of course, uh, Chevelle, if you're not at work, do you have any questions, any insights that you would like to share? Exactly. How to be free. I'll buy that book as well. Yeah, I don't have any questions. <laughs> I didn't know much about the subject, so it was mm -hmm. very interesting for me. 
Awesome, awesome. And do you have any questions or any new insights that you'd like to share? No, I don't, I don't have any questions. <laughs> <laughs> fair enough, fair enough, fair enough. Anyway, then we're already around the hour. Sumit, any ending notes before we end seminar? Yeah, um, well, Coley brought up this idea of haters. I think we can give someone uh, listening right now just a tool to deal with haters. Um, I want to come back to the idea of the power of the word maybe. And I was talking about this uh, in last night's Lion Den, little, last night's, uh, Lion's Den a little bit, which was the idea of maybe is that it's a non-answer. It's a non-answer answer. Okay, so you're not saying yes, you're not saying no. You're saying maybe. So when someone says something like, are you stupid? Are you gay? Are you, are you like uh, terrified? Whatever they tell you, you just say maybe, right? Because if you say yes, they're gonna argue that they got you, right? That, that's what a bully does. They want you to react. So if you say, yeah, I'm stupid, whatever, right? As sarcastically, well, they got you. If you say, no, I'm not, well, then you're reacting to them. So they still got you. Maybe it's like a gazelle running from the cheetah. It's going this way or this way. Maybe is I can escape. I, you can't catch me, right? So just the power of that word, I think is really crucial to destabilize a hater where they can't put a fingerprint on you on the map because you're moving everywhere. Yeah, it's a neutralizer, exactly. Yeah, great, RJC. And it's the same reason why people gamble, right? It's like this 50-50%, it's actually so unpredictable, right? That it creates a huge surge of dopamine in the brain. And so if we use it with ourselves, if we're not strict with ourselves, like Ryan said, right? We got to strict with ourselves, loose with others. If we're not strict with ourselves and we use maybe for ourselves, we're going to, you know, be like the kind of person going everywhere, right? Everywhere on the map. So if we say, maybe I'm going to go to the gym, you're not going to go. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> if you give yourself that 50-50% chance, you're not going to go. But use that maybe, the ability for the maybe, for the hater. So that's what I wanted to end with. A powerful, powerful lesson today. This was the Stargate of Stoicism. Guys, look up Epictetus, Seneca, Marcus Aurelius. These are the top names, right? Uh, yeah, so uh, Zeno is also great. Uh, I prefer Zeno as well because he talks a lot about the flow state in his own way. So yeah, guys, uh, have an incredible rest of your day. Thank you for attending a Genius Days. This is also going to be on the podcast. So uh, if you have any questions or maybe if you have anything that you want removed from the episode, just let us know. We'll chunk it out, you know, uh, any problems like that. But yeah, uh, glad to be here and have an incredible rest of your day. Have the best day ever. May the flow be with you and stay legendary. May you 